0: I do want to uh, encourage you, uh, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of my ebook. What Made the Golden Age Shine? In it, I examine uh, what were things that made the golden age of entertainment so special that it captures the attention of readers, listeners, and filmgoers even to this day. It is available for 99 cents in the Kindle Store. It's What Made the Golden Age Shine, and you can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of Mystery is My Hobby, and the title is Death Has Blue Eyes.
1: Mystery is my
2: hobby. Ladies and gentlemen, Barton Drake speaking. This week I've selected for our drama case history number one hundred twenty nine from my book, Mystery is my hobby. I call it Death of Blue Eyes.
1: And now, to Glenn Langan as Barton Drake in the first act of... Mystery is my hobby.
2: Still. Where doesn't Mike get? Mike. Mike, where are you? Why don't you answer the phone? Uh. I must have gone out. Oh, oh. Holy smoke! Eleven o'clock in the morning. I guess it's up to me. Where's my oh slippers? Is... Here they are.
3: All right, all right. Hello. Is this Barton Drake? Yeah. The Barton Drake? No. Who's this? Leslie Fraser. Remember me? We met last summer at Scabs and scared party. and
2: Hmm?
3: Uh, you must forgive me for calling you, but...
2: Well, I, I didn't get your name. Fraser,
3: darling. Leslie Fraser. Now, don't tell me you forgot me. I couldn't take that. Not on top of everything. Oh,
2: else. yes, 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 Miss Fraser. I'm sorry, but you woke me out of a sound sleep.
3: Well, that's inexcusable, I know. But really, darling, this is an
2: emergency. Yes, well, it might help some if you tell me about it.
3: Yes, of course, I. Right. I'm in a sort of embarrassing predicament. I, I think I'd better need your help.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, go on.
3: It appears that last night, I murdered my stepfather.
2: As I dressed, I tried to recall what I knew about Leslie Frazier. Leslie was a spoiled product of too many finishing school, trips abroad, winters in Florida and summers in Newport. The boys who write those things would call her a glamorous Deb. She wore that familiar, vicious pout on her mouth. And her manner and clothes were the ultimate detached, cut-crystal casualness. I show the emotion was something to be scorned and never to be indulged in. <laughs> well, that was about all a man could learn at a party, and I'd never cared enough to study the matter further. Leslie must have been watching for me, for it was she herself who opened the door.
3: But you are a beautiful uncle. Man, I'd forgotten, blue
2: eyes. Uh, yes, well, uh, we'll go into that later. What's this about you uh, killing your stepfather? Silly, isn't it? Murder is never silly.
3: You're the only one I could think I'll turn to, Bob.
2: What do you want me to do?
3: I thought maybe you could give me some answers.
2: Me give you answers? You should have those yourself.
3: I'm afraid I haven't.
2: Did you kill your stepfather or didn't you? That's
3: just the point. I I don't know.
2: What do you mean you don't know?
3: I didn't have that much against the old coot. I... I don't see how I could have done it. On the other hand, there doesn't seem to be any other answer. Go on. Well, I had a few too many cocktails last night, and I came home late. I remember coming home. I remember that much. But after that, everything's a blank. Mm, Yes, that sometimes happens. Well, this morning when I staggered in my shower, there he was on the floor of my bedroom with a knife in his back. knife was mine. The door to my suite was locked. Nobody else has a key but me, so there you are. I can't see how anyone else could have done it to you. On mm, the
2: face of it, no.
3: But you will help me, won't you, Bart? Please, darling, do I.
2: Listen, listen, not unless you stop talking that way.
3: I'm sorry, Bart.
2: All right, that's better.
3: I suppose you'd like to take a look at the
2: body? No, not until the police get here. The police? Of course, you've notified the police, haven't you? Well,
3: no, I thought that with you... My here dear
2: Miss the... Frazier, this is homicide. The police should have been called in first. Where's your phone? Right here in
3: the hall.
2: Thank you very much. I'll call headquarters. And while we're waiting, get your family together... Maybe we can have this cleared up by the time they arrive.
4: Oh, got a lot of nerve, Leslie, calling us in here like this. I'll say you
2: have. I've got to get out to the track. Mr. Drake and I...
3: insisted we all get together. Drake? Who's
2: Drake? That's me, gentlemen.
3: I called him in to investigate the case.
2: I wouldn't advise any of you to leave until after the police get here. At the moment, you're um, all under suspicion.
3: We are?
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> The body was found in Leslie's room, Mr. Drake. Murderers are supposed to have motives, aren't they, Drake? Or are the detective stories all
1: wrong?
2: That's exactly what I want to find out. What motive each of you might have. Uh, you know, Miss Frazier, I think it might help matters if you'd uh, introduce me to these people.
3: This is Ted McCray, my foster brother. Your foster brother?
2: Yes,
4: I came along with Ballard when he married Leslie's mother.
2: Oh, and uh, who is Ballard?
3: Ballard McCray, my stepfather. The... Body, you know. Oh yes,
2: yes, yes. And who's this gentleman?
4: Oh, I'm Wendell Nash, a cousin, a poor relation, if you please. And don't you believe they all don't let me know it? Oh, don't be an ass,
2: Wendell.
4: <laughs> oh, don't mind
5: me. I'm proud to say that I haven't any use for any one of this family.
2: That is, except Leslie. Well, I'm very glad to see that at least two of you are friends. Yes, Leslie and I are engaged to be married.
4: Well, ah, <laughs> oh, that's a laugh. Ballard said if those two ever got married, he'd cut them off without a cent.
2: What was it you said about motives, Mr. Nair? Ted,
4: you're a louse. In a minute, I'll tell him about Mimi. You do, and I'll knock your ears off. I think I will, anyway. Why, you... No, see, no, just a minute. It. Just oh, a minute. Wait, cut it out.
3: Ted, for heaven's sake, Leon window.
4: Oh, my.
3: <laughs> the yellow boy. He couldn't have done that if he wasn't bigger than me. We're all a bunch of spoiled bratwars.
4: Mm. Speak for yourself. You're just sore because Dad cut your allowance
3: down after your mother died. Leave my mother out of this.
4: You're sore because Dad didn't approve of your drinking and partying. Shut up, Ted.
3: And nothing but an imposter anyway.
2: How long has your mother been dead, Mr.?
3: About a year.
2: I see. And when she died, she left all the family money in Mr. Ballard McCrae's hands to uh dole out to you folks that he saw fit. <laughs>
5: a stingy old so and so he was, too.
2: Tell me, do any of you know the terms of Mr. McCrae's will? I'd say that we all do. Well, what are they?
3: Head not get the most of it, or suppose there goes to Wendell.
2: Well, that settles the motive question in a general sort of way. The desire for money seems to fit all three of them.
4: You haven't proved a thing. Not a
3: solitary thing. And
2: there's also hate.
3: And that fits all three of us, too, I'm afraid. Yes, I'm afraid.
2: Tell me, Leslie, when you came in last night, was anyone with you?
3: Yes, I met Ballard outside We came in together. Did
2: you have your own key or did someone let you in?
3: Well, I'm not sure. It's all quite vague, but... I believe someone let us in.
2: I can answer that.
4: I did.
3: You did? What was your sister's
2: condition? She was as drunk as a goat. Hmm. Did she and Ballard have any... uh... I'll say they were fighting like a couple of cats. And where did this fight take place?
3: Well, I seem to remember that much. It was right outside my door. Ballard told me what a stinker I am. He went to his suite and I went into mine. I went right to bed and passed out.
2: Passed out? You could have both gone into your room. Had your fight in there. You could have killed him there.
3: Oh, I suppose that's the way it had to happen, only I'm certain he didn't come in. And how
2: did he get into your room?
3: I don't know. I have the only keys. They were lying on my dressing table this morning when I got out. Mm-hmm.
2: You say that the knife that killed your stepfather was yours?
3: Yes, it was a Japanese knife. Boy, I knew in the South Pacific sent it to me.
2: What kind of a lock's on the door?
3: Ordinary spring lock.
2: Then the murderer could have gone out and locked it by simply shutting the door. Oh, anyone could have
3: gotten out all right. It's the getting in that worries me. Nobody could have done that without having the keys though. Do it any way you want it to leave me. Well, that must be the police. I'll go let them in. I'll leave this mess up to you, do uh,
2: Have them wait in the library. I'll be right, Tom. Hey, Bart, what are you doing here? Good morning, Inspector. None of that. How'd you
5: find out about this?
2: Why, Miss Frazier called me, Inspector. She wants me to help her. You going to? Maybe, maybe. Come on, man. Let's go up to the murder room.
5: You, uh, haven't touched anything have you? you know me better than that. Well, you can't blame me for asking. I'll tell me everything you know. I told all the facts when I called the headquarters. Yep, but I got the report right here with me. Looks bad for the girl, buck. Looks bad. Yes, yes. Well, let's, uh, reserve
2: judgment until we look at the body, shall we? In here, Inspector.
5: Well, there he is. Yeah. That knife didn't do him any good. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's a bit strange. What is? No blood on the handle. Maybe she wiped it off when she wiped off the fingerprints. Mm-hmm.
2: you're sure there were fingerprints, were you?
5: Well, no, but most murderers wipe them off, don't they? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, maybe you're right, Inspector. Maybe you're right. Well, you've been around here for an hour, Bart. It'll save time if you catch me up.
3: Well, Inspector,
2: Miss Frazier called me this morning about a letter... Inspector, they all have motives, all the same one. They'll have to be developed into something more serious than what has showed up so far. I'm you
5: afraid. know, Bart, this is the first time I've ever known you to defend a murder. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen,
2: if Leslie's guilty, I'll be the first one to say so.
5: But she is guilty. She says so herself. Yes, I know.
2: I'd agree. If it went for that loss of memory... If she actually can't remember what happened after she came home, anything might have happened.
5: Oh, no, I think that part of it's a lot of hogwash. Any girl that drinks as much as she does doesn't blank out that easily. I think she's as guilty as sin. No, uh, no, not for sure. Of course, with her looks and her story, she'll probably only cop a charge of second degree. No, no, Inspector, this is all too neat. It's a neat little package all tied up for the jury. There's something
2: wrong with this picture, something terribly wrong.
5: Hmm. Bart, that gal calling you blue-eyes is gotten under your skin you go on with your work, Inspector. And listen, be sure to examine that knife handle for fingerprints. If there's any on it, I'm betting they're the girls. Turn those around
2: a bit more. I'm going to try to develop the motive. Who is it? Barton Drake, Ted. I'd like to speak to you a minute.
5: What do you want?
2: I'll tell you after I come in.
5: Well, I see
2: you have company, hmm?
5: What it? Ted and I can talk if we want.
2: You and Ted have buried the hatchet, eh, Wendell?
5: I don't see if it's any of your business, Hmm.
2: Oh, it might be very convenient. Both of you are suspects, so you join forces to hang Leslie. And it'd be just like that. Oh, look, here. we
4: don't have to take that from you. You're not a cop. We don't have to stand
2: for your prying around. That's a pretty nice gun collection you have here, Ted. Is it yours? Whose else would it be? you know how to shoot them? Do I? Huh. The only thing I do know how to do well. Do you think Leslie killed Mr. McRae, Ted? How should I know? What about you, Wendell?
4: Look, Drake, I want to marry Leslie. Mm -hmm. And I'll admit, I hate Ted's inside.
1: I wouldn't pin a murder rap on Leslie if I thought she was guilty. But if you expect me to help you pin it on
5: Ted,
3: you're nuts.
2: (laughs) Are your sentiments towards Wendell, Ted?
5: In the main, yes.
2: Wendell here mentioned that he was due at the track this afternoon. Do you suppose he's indebted to any of the bookies, Ted? Ask him. Thank you, I will. Yes, Wendell?
5: Oh, I suppose I might as well tell you you'll snoop it out anyway. Yes,
3: I am. I owe quite a pile. Mm-hmm.
2: What about this Mimi person that you threatened to tell about this morning? That's Ted. What's so important about Mimi, Ted? Well, Mimi's an
5: ex-girlfriend. She threatened to sue me for breach of promise.
2: Well, a bit of blackmail, eh?
5: You might call it that.
2: You both have pretty good motives for murder. Well, for that matter, Leslie needs to do as badly as we do.
4: Ask her.
2: Well, oh, I intend to.
4: And I'll get out of here before we put your
2: face in. I, 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 I never let myself get pushed around. Grab
4: him, Wendell.
2: That side. No nope. bad, you come Get me up. A... not quite, quite that easy, easy boys. I'm sorry, but... And here's yours, Wendell. Oh,
4: you
3: pack Wallop.
2: You'd have to train on something beside nightclubs and grooves before you'd be up to that sort of thing. My friend... <laughs>
1: Now, uh, back to Glenn Langan as Barton Drake, and mystery is my hobby.
3: Come on in, blue eyes, and close the door.
2: Drinking again, my
3: Mr. Cocktail, have one? No, thanks. Oh, come on, you would be cute
2: with a little in. Yes, yeah, so well, I have other things to do at the moment.
3: Oh, forget about that mean old
2: murder, Mr. Chum. Stop it, Leslie. Can't you get it through that bird brain of yours that you're the number one suspect?
3: What do you expect me to do? Go hysterical? Chew my fingernails down to my elbows? That's what I would do if I let myself go.
2: Did you kill Ballard McCrae? Well,
3: oh, I know. Probably I did. I must have. Why? Why? Money, I suppose, but. What we've done this past year is fight over money. When Mother died. Dallas started dishing it out, and the middle of the time. That must have been why I killed him.
2: Mm-hmm. One okay. thing. Wendell and Ted have the same motive.
3: Uh, it looks like they're out of it. No, I guess I'm the
2: I wouldn't give it up to him.
3: Huh? Oh, it's the use? Inspector needs just one little thing to pin this on me—a good, hot motive—and believe me, I've got one. What's
2: okay. that? Go on.
3: I didn't tell him about this, but I'm telling you, Bob. Crossed up Ballard by opening charging accounts all over town. Hmm. I thought he'd give in and pay the bills, only he didn't. Now I owe thousands and they're getting tough about it. Did you ever have bill collectors breathing down your neck? Did you, Blue Eyes?
2: Something that bothers me about this case, Inspector. Nothing
5: bothers me. I just me. had
2: another talk with all three of the members of the family. They're all them too willing to tell the world about how much money they owe. What do you mean? I, uh, I think I'll go out and make a few calls on the creditors, Inspector.
5: What on earth for? Oh, just
2: to satisfy a hunch. Oh, uh, by the way, whose fingerprints did you find on the knife? The girl's. It was lousy one. Oh, uh, good, Inspector. good. Now I'm almost positive that she isn't guilty.
5: Mark, hmm? the trouble with you is you fall too quick for a pretty ankle. for a pretty face. Yeah, that's right, Inspector.
2: And did you notice, uh, Leslie has both? Uh, I've seen it. Look, Slinky, how much is Wendell Nash into you for? Who? Wendell Nash, you handled his bets on the ponies, didn't you? Sure. He says you welched on some bets. How much? I want to know the truth. What you must owe? be
3: wrong, Mr. Drake.
2: Nash don't owe me nothing. Not a red cent. You're uh, Mimi LaFont, aren't you?
3: Mm, you bet I am. You're a friend
2: me. of Ted McRae. you're a
3: friend of Ted. Yes, well, Never mind
2: that. How much are you asking? For that threatened breach of promise suit.
3: Oh, that I ain't asking, haven't I already been (laughs) paid?
4: Uh, yes, Mr. Drake. Uh, Miss Fraser did owe us quite an amount. We were quite worried about the matter. Did owe you? Does that mean she doesn't owe it now? Well, Mr. Drake, I'm not supposed to tell this, but as long as Mr. McRae is dead, I guess it'll be all right. Go on. The bill was paid last week. Did Miss Fraser pay it with cash? Oh, Miss Fraser didn't pay it. Mr. Ballard McRae did. Uh, only we weren't supposed to let his daughter know. I see. Now, Mr. McRae was a fine man, a mighty fine man. <laughs>
2: Back already, Vine? Yes, Inspector. What'd you find out? Enough to convince me a tragic mistake's been made. Yeah, what? I, uh. I think I'll be able to tell you after we've examined Mr. Ballard McCray's room.
5: There's a bunch of papers, Vine. Let me see.
2: yeah, yes, yeah, yes, indeed. What are
5: they?
2: Here's a receipt signed by one Slinky Forbes, a gambling that paid in full. Yeah. Here's a release from a breach of promise suit. A settlement on full, signed by a Miss Mimi LaFont. Mm. <laughs> Here's a bunch of receipts of bills from various department stores. Bills made out to Miss Leslie Fraser. Well, I'll be darned. Go on, look some more, Inspector. You're doing fine. Yeah. Hey, hey, look here, Inspector. What have you got? A gun. Bart, are you nuts? McRae was killed with a knife. I know, but don't you think it a bit strange, Inspector, that a gun should be lying around with a safety catch-off?
5: Well, sure, but after all, there's a lot of time. Hey,
4: you guys still snooping around? Come
2: in, Ted, come in. I want to ask you some questions.
4: Well, I can't tell you any more.
2: Yes, I think you can. What was Ballard McRae wearing when he came in last night?
4: The suit you found him in. Why? No hat, No coat. Come to think of it, I guess he was wearing
2: a hat. His, mm-hmm. his gray hat and gray topcoat. Yes, that was oh, Just wait a minute, please. I want to look in the closet over here. But, uh, do you see the ones, Ted? That... Yes, those are the ones. Thank you, Ted. Inspector, this does it. Well, I can't see how... It hot. proves conclusively that L- Ballard McCrae did not go into Leslie's suite when they came in last night. It proves that he must have come in here first. Well, Inspector... I think now I can tell you how the murder was committed, and uh, I also think I can tell you who did it.
4: Look here, if it if it wasn't Leslie, who was
3: it?
2: I'm not so sure that you'll like the answer to that, Ted. And now,
1: back to Glenn Langan as Barton Drake, and...
5: Mystery
1: is my hobby.
3: Now,
2: the way I see it, you all had a motive. A motive that was exactly the same in every case, the need of money. You can say
3: that again. Ted
2: here had a girl blackmailing him. Wendell, you went into hock to the bookies, and Leslie, you're in a charge account. Now, Leslie.
3: Yes, Bart.
2: You were overheard fighting with your stepfather. The body was found in your room with your knife in his back. That's uh, pretty conclusive evidence for any jury.
3: I still don't believe I could kill anybody for money drunk or sober. But...
2: You can put your mind at rest, my dear. You didn't. But, what what did you say? No, we've uncovered evidence that proves that Mr. McRae didn't go into your room last night, Leslie. After your argument, he came here, hung up his hat and coat. And here is where he was killed, right here in this room. Well, thanks, Bob. What a pleasure. You're welcome. The murderer killed McKay right here and carried his body into your room. He tried to place the blame on you.
3: How could he? I had the only key.
2: Do you remember actually locking your door?
3: Well, no, but it was locked in the morning. Yes,
2: the murderer did that on his way out. In your condition, you were tight and angry, remember? So after your argument, you stormed into your room, leaving the door ajar. That's the way it had to happen.
3: I suppose I could have it, then.
2: Yes. So the murderer overheard the argument and spotted the open door. He went to Ballard McRae's rooms and threatened him. McRae pulled a gun, but he wasn't quick enough. He only had time to release the safety catch before he was killed with a knife.
4: Seems to me you're doing an awful lot of guessing,
2: Drake. The murderer then carried the body into Leslie's room. He removed his knife and substituted Leslie's in the wound and left, snapping the lock as he went out. Wait a minute, Bart. That's carrying it a little too far. Is it, Inspector? Don't you remember your police manual? Huh? Of course, Inspector. Your manual says that it's impossible to stab a man to death without getting blood on the murderer's hands, remember? And on the handle of the knife. That knife of Leslie's, or the handle at least, was as clean as a wife's baby's face. Well, yes, but... And the that... fact that it was covered with Leslie's fingerprints proves that the murderer didn't even wipe them off.
4: Huh, that's a very pretty story. He
2: made two other mistakes, however. Mistakes that cleared Leslie completely. Now the whole thing was a mistake, if you ask me. He forgot about McCrae's hat and top coat. And although he wiped McCrae's fingerprints from his gun, he neglected to put the safety catch
5: back on. Quit stalling, Bart. Who did it?
2: Well, the murderer, Inspector, is either... Wendell Nash or Ted McCrae.
5: I knew you'd be getting
2: around to me. Yes, yes. You have the strongest motive, Ted. Your payoff to Mimi, your share of the family money, plus Leslie's share. She was convicted of murder. You know, I always did think Ted was a rat. Why?
4: Why, you sniffling little punk. You would try to pin this on me, wouldn't you? Let me tell you something. I haven't said one word against you. Not yet. I was willing to let Leslie take the rap. Why not? Just as Drake says... I'd get her share, too. Besides, she never did anything for me. Why should I stick my neck out for her? You know, I think I'll push your dirty little face in. No, no, no Come on, come on come, on, come if on, none of that. No. No, I come didn't on, no, the boy, yourself. then you did. Say, I, I, I did not. Here, I, here's something even you don't know yet, Drake. This little squirt here and Leslie had a fight. I overheard it. And Leslie told him off plenty. So. She told him she wouldn't marry him if she were Eve and he were Adam. Is
2: that correct, Leslie? Yes,
3: I'm afraid it it's is. its has been
4: eating your insides out ever since, hasn't it, Wendell? So I suppose you tried to grab your cut of the dough and get even with Leslie all in one filthy jest.
2: Well, that's about it, Inspector. Wendell Nash is your man. Now,
4: wait just a minute, you... You haven't proved a thing against me. Not a thing.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I almost forgot. It's the safety catch that points to that you, Wendell. Safety catch? Yes, yes. The catch on Ballard McFrey's gun. You see, it couldn't be Ted. Ted has a very fine gun collection. Also, Ted is a very fine shot. Maybe you didn't know it, Wendell, but a man who's accustomed to handling guns like Ted would never put a loaded gun down without first setting the uh... safety catch.
3: All
4: right, so it is. But, it, it was either Ballard or me. What do you mean? But Ballard wouldn't give me any money, and I was up to my neck in gambling debt. he Forbes out of the track was going to put me on the spot if I didn't pay up.
2: Yes, that's the tragic part of the whole affair. If you hadn't all been a bunch of wasteful brats, this never would have happened in the first oh, place. No, I Ballard McRae was much too good a man for any of you. He paid up all your debts just last week, each and every one of them.
0: Oh, no. Only
2: when he paid, he insisted that none of you should know what he'd done.
0: Uh, then. Then. Think
2: it wasn't after me anymore? No, Wendell. You were all in the clear. Think that over while you're sitting in the chair.
5: Well, Martin, now that's over, I think I'll spend the rest of the day at the race. Uh, 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 you better stay away from Slinky Forbes, Inspector. <laughs> I don't need his tips. I get a sure thing in the fair Sure thing, yeah? Yeah. A little filly named, uh. Blue-eye. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Inspector. And listen, while you're at it, will you put
2: two dollars on her nose for me? Why
5: don't you come along place your own bed? Right. No, 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 Inspector.
2: Not today. Mystery is still my hobby.
1: That <laughs> Langan will return in just a moment. Mystery is my hobby is directed by Dave Titus and is written by Fred Howard. This episode is based on an original story by Lee Horton. Our original music was composed and played by Len Salvo. Included in our cast were Ken Christie as Inspector Daphne, Betty Lou Gerson as Leslie Flasier, Jack Edwards Jr. as Wendell Nash, and Willard Waterman as Ted McRae. The events depicted in this story were entirely fictional and any resemblance to actual places or people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. And now, here's Glenn Langan with a word about next week's story.
2: Thank you, Bruce Buell, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for bringing with us tonight. Next week, plan to join us again when I bring you case history number 130. It's a story of murder and dreams of adventure. I call it Death in a chili bowl. Until then, this is Glenn Langan saying adios.
0: Welcome back. Well, Willard Waterman, one of those really recognizable voices in radio, he played the uh, great Gildersleeve, was the second actor to do so after Harold Perry laughed And if there had to be a second uh, great Gildersleeve, I don't think any actor... Uh, came as close to uh, Harold Perry as uh, you know what you got from uh, Willard Waterman. One thing I have noticed about these episodes is that uh, at least it does seem like there are a lot more episodes where uh, Barton Drake is given cause to really chew people out, which I don't think was something he did uh, during the initial run of the series. But I don't think that it's on just his reactions, and certainly not here. It always does seem to be the case in these mystery stories that uh, people are trying to, you know, kill off their uh, guardians because they're not fair, and you can kind of at least understand why they have a point. In this case, uh, they uh, have a twist in that he actually uh, took care of them and helped them out. So, not the typical situation in these mysteries. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to John, Patreon supporter since March of 2020, currently supporting us at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, John. And, uh, that will do it for now. If you are listening to this podcast via YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. And join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and we'll be back next Thursday another episode of Mystery is My Hobby. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter,